1: The, the, the winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation. And Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders.
0: Touchdown Las Vegas!
1: With insight, opinions, and interviews. We're on the cutting edge of what's
0: happening now. Now, now with the latest on your Raiders and the NFL, your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Bulton. All right, we're back for the final segment of this edition, the special edition, the... Uh, I, I, I can't, the only, the only you're fired I can think of is a Trump. And if I mention Trump's name, I'm going to get people saying, "Hey, you're a damn MAGA," And then I'm going to have other people say, well, are you woke? I can't win. Anyway, you're fired. Um, so yes, the, you're fired episode. I'm <laughs> silver and black today. It's been a long day. Uh, but Josh McDaniels, Dave Ziegler, Nick Lombardi are gone and the Raiders now will be under the guise of a new leader, and that is, of course, Antonio Pierce. Uh, Mo Moten, he is senior NFL writer at Bleacher Report. I'm Scott Branson. I am an editor-writer at SportsNot.com, and we host this little show uh, for the last few several years covering the Raiders and their bad coaches and their bad offense this year, especially. But we hope you are getting there. The chat's going crazy on Facebook, as you can imagine, Mo. Our man A.J. DeMello's in there. He was there this morning, too. So I, AJ, you must not. Have, no, it's early back where you are. So maybe your gig doesn't start till seven or eight. Um, but can you work it's, into your stand-up routine two things: uh, an impression <laughs> of Josh McDaniels, and then maybe uh, start to do a, a Mo Moten bit. Oh my gosh! A Midtown Mo. Yeah, It'd be kind of fun. Well, AJ, will let us know. In the,
1: in Never had someone impersonate me. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs>
0: All right, well, we are talking Raiders football, and we're going to jump into the man who has all the responsibility in this situation. The man who created the situation, but now has also started to solve it, and that is the owner, Mark Davis. You mentioned last week, Mo, about, look, you got to go right to the top. We've been pretty consistent on this show talking about that, right? And, and little did we know that if we would have maybe requested an interview with a player, we would have been told no because we're too negative. Oh, boy. So looking at Mark Davis, I wrote a piece up on Sports Not Today where I talked about there's only one way he can get the next decision right and is that he does not make the decision. I <laughs> argued, and this – no, it, it sounds funny. and I'm not trying to insult him. I'm really not. And I'll use an analogy in a minute, which I've been using all day. What he needs to – look, Mark Davis is terrible at football decisions. He just He just is, okay? He's terrible at football decisions. Just as every time I try to fix – a leaky pipe in my house. I don't know what it is plumbing. I can do electric. I can do wood. I can do drywall. I can do everything. Pipes, for some reason, they're pretty simple, but it just escapes me. I'm not good at it. So when a pipe breaks, if my wife can sometimes fix it because she's handy, if she can't fix it, I call somebody who knows what the hell they're doing, right? Because I know if I keep fiddling with that pipe, my whole house is going to be underwater, okay? Mark Davis can't hire football people. So what he should do, and this was the, the, the point of my article, he should hire a president of football operations. And that person, and he says, here, here's the keys. Here, football operations person, man, woman, whatever you are. Here, go. And by the way, I'm going to be at the thing. Tell me when you need the checks. I want to check in with you. You know, four times a year, he he's what's going on. But you hire the GM, you hire the coach because whoever you are, you're experienced, you've built or been part of a, a high end winning program. And I, you have bonafides, fides, you have people who've recommended you that I trust, big names, people that, you know, Mark Davis can get looped in with. And I step away. I don't make calls on John Gruden for 10 years for 10, $100 million. I don't make calls on Josh McDaniels. Mark Davis needs to divorce himself. And Mo, he's already done it. He did it with the WNBA Aces who've won two championships. So why can't he do it with the Raiders?
1: I know a lot of people will bring this up in the chat. And I know I'm sure, I don't see the chat, but I'm sure the the name is in there. Tom Brady. Now that's, <laughs> yes, that's has page brought up. It, there are Patriot ties there, but does he lean on Tom Brady for advice? Now, Tom Brady doesn't have any experience building in a football organization or a roster, Tom Brady successful on the field, but no experience in building an NFL team. So I would kind of, I would still question that. I, I just want to see him bring in a, a, a football mind who's either up and coming or has some success already on resume and go that route. Because as you said, his, his hires, while people will say John Gruden improved the team minimally every year. Yeah. yeah. You know, he had his email scandal. I get that. But the contract, that, that contract that he signed him to, still questionable. And the last hire was just completely awful. Like, if you look at the Patriot success rate for, for Patriot disciples under Bill Belichick, it was very low.
0: Right.
1: So here you are chasing chasing a dynasty that is past tense now and getting the underlings of that dynasty over to Las Vegas when you've watched other... Belichick disciples go elsewhere, try to duplicate it, and fail. I don't know. Someone should have been in Mark Davis' ear to let him know, hey, did you look at Matt Patricia? Did you see Bill O'Brien? Oh, he wants some division tiles, but that went sour pretty quickly. Did you see Brian Flores before he, you know, with the Dolphins? Yeah. And I know a lot of people like Brian Flores, but didn't mix well with Tua Tagovailoa at the quarterback position, and it was a lot of friction between he and the Dolphins front office.
0: Yes. And by the way, A.J. had me laughing because A.J. said, Tom Brady could cut Mark's hair. That's about it. <laughs> yeah, and the picture just oh, came in my head and it's cracking up. By the way, Vic in Sacramento, Lewis Riddick. Why would you think that's a good... I like Lewis Riddick a lot. He has player personnel experience. Not enough in my view. And do you really want to go get another TV guy? And I think this is one of the points I want to make to you is I think Mark Davis... And, and Murph brought it up on the post-game show. He said, Mark Davis... Whether, what Whatever you think of him, fine. But he said, you know, Mark Davis has he's, – he's a people person. He's, a, he's, he's got a good heart. He means well. But there's lots of people who mean well who can't make decisions that move a business forward, or in this case, on the football side. And so to me, yes. you can say, hey, Mark Davis can go hire the, the, the hottest young assistant <clears throat> GM, but didn't he just do that? And how did that work out? Right. So again, he probably looks at all the good in people and maybe doesn't see the bad side. And sometimes in business, you got to be a prick. You got to be the discerning guy. I mean, you look at Al Davis and you know, the stories about Al Davis, he was unrelenting and, and he didn't care if you liked him. He just didn't care. He wanted to win. That was it. And so to me, Mo, I think he needs a buffer. If he doesn't have a buffer there, I don't trust any hire that he makes. Now he may make one and it works out. I'm not saying it, but what in 12 years of running this team since his father died, and I know Al had a rough five years before that, too, but in the last 12 years, outside of the move and those decisions, what decision has he made from a football perspective that's worked out? And again, I'm not trying to malign the man. I'm clearly calling out the facts, just like we did with Josh McDaniels and just like we did with Dave Ziegler.
1: Here's my question. Mark Davis hangs out with Raiders alumni, right? Yes. He's hanging out with Charles Woodson, Tim Brown, right? He's he's hanging out with former Raiders all the time. I'm sure he has these guys in his ear, right? Mm-hmm. I'm wondering who does he lean on to make his decisions? I'm sure he's not making these decisions unilaterally where he's just in his mansion and thinking, okay, these are my five head coaching candidates and gym candidates. I'm going to pick one of these five guys. I'm sure he has – multiple people in his ear saying hey that guy may be good this person may be good maybe you should call this person i'm wondering who's around him because he's gonna to have to make a decision whether whether it's him directly or not the raiders are gonna to have to make a decision on on their head coach and gm again in the off season and i'd want to know like who's who's in his
0: circle who's in his yes. brain trust 100 percent. because to me I look at last time, and again, this is not in any way saying anything negative about somebody. I want to make that clear because I've met him, and he's a great guy, and that was Marcel Reese. Marcel Reese was elevated inside the organization because he was so close to Mark, and then what happened? He left. I don't know. I forgot why he left, but he left. Didn't work out. That's fine, but if Marcel Reese was in his year, good guy, but not the guy who can make the call to build championship football. He doesn't have the experience. He didn't have the knowledge to do that. Now, if he's just advising him on other issues, fine. Fine. Everybody's got their role. Cool. I get it. You want to trust the people who work for you. But I will I will use the example of several other teams because in the NFL, most teams are family businesses. I know it sounds crazy because they're billionaires. Oh, you're laughing. What are you laughing at? Comments?
1: Yeah, this is just a comment that crossed my timeline. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm yeah. sorry, Scott, to take you off on a tangent, okay. but... There's, there's Parley, great stuff. Parley Reyna, who's on, on the X, says, y'all better thank the petition signers. If you don't know... There was a petition going around to fire Josh McDaniels. I don't know how many signatures it had, but basically there were a bunch of people that wanted to fire Josh McDaniels. And she's like, you you better thank those petition signers because they got the job done. Again, I'm not laughing at someone losing their job, but it, it's just the commentary on this, like the side it's commentary
0: on this, it's, it's hilarious. It is funny. But to your point about who he listens to, I think that, that is vital. And I think that perhaps what he needs to do, this is where you got to look in the mirror and you got to say, okay, I listen to these people and even though I think they're smart and I trust them and I know they're loyal, it never works out. So you know what I got to do is I got to go find who is the best person, even if I don't know that person, I got to go through my network. I got to call. I know it'll sound crazy and maybe he's not the right name, but it just popped in my head. I got to go to Jerry Jones and say, Jerry, who can I talk to? Who, who would you tell me to talk to? I got to get this thing right. I need somebody who can come in and help me with football operations. Who should I talk to now? Maybe he's not the best example, but you know what I'm saying? He needs to find somebody who can do that and is not bound by a personal, I wouldn't say loyalty, a personal relationship where they won't tell him the truth and they need autonomy. They got to give somebody autonomy. Now, Mark Davis can always fire that person. He's going to report to him, but he needs or she needs the ability to make the moves without Mark saying, well, I like that guy. You know, (coughs) I would talk
1: to a former GM that's not looking for a job, exactly. and, I, and I and I and I say not looking for a job because you don't want that former GM trying to get his way in the door and get himself a job. I would talk to a former GM who's not looking to get back in the NFL and kind of pick his brain. You know, what assistance did you have on your st- in your front office? Like, who did you work with when you were in the NFL? There are plenty of GMs right now who aren't in who aren't. I don't think they're looking for a job in the NFL. Who knows? Maybe I'm wrong about that, but uh, there are plenty of GM, former GMs out there who are in the media now, like you and I, of course, they have way more knowledge than we do, and that's what would helped Mark Davis in making his next decision. So I, I would just tap into the guys who who've had successful runs as, as executives in the league and, and say, "Who did you work with? What do you think of these people?" I have a list of guys that I'm thinking about contacting, and would you hire this person?
0: Yeah, yeah, and that and that's that's what they need to do, and I think they need the the reason too. That this decision by Mark Davis, and again, the decision excuse me, the decision should be that he does not make the decision. He hires somebody who's in charge of it, right? Be be a little more of a it worked with your WNBA team, Mark. They went out and hired Becky Hammond. They hired a great front office there because he trusted the people to do it. He had never run a basketball, he was never associated with a basketball team until he bought it in 2021. So he said Psh, I just want to sit courtside with Tom Brady, hang out with my blonde girlfriend and have a good time. And that's what he should do with the Raiders. That's what he does. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's his team, he can do whatever he wants, but I think I think to me this is where he can get it right. And that's what I called on him to do in my story because you just don't make good decisions there. You just don't. You just don't. So we'll have to see that. Now, we talk about moving forward with this team and 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 what they're going to do under Antonio Pierce. Clearly, the move at quarterback is a big one. We're seeing some progress on defense. But the one thing, and I know people out there want to remain, even in the midst of all this jazz, they want to remain optimistic. But you, if you talk to people in the NFL who know rosters, they will tell you the Raiders roster has nothing. <clears throat> Doesn't mean they can't be competitive. But if you're talking about building a long-term winner, you have Let's let's be serious here. You have three, four players. Three, four players you could see helping you get to a Super Bowl if, you had, if they had the supporting cast. Because of the bad drafts, because of the bad moves in free agency, it's just not there. So the Raiders need to do that. This, that's why this decision has so many tentacles, Mo. Get the GM who's going to get you the coach, okay? That coach and the system he runs – will dictate what kind of franchise quarterback you go draft, right? Or go sign whatever they decide to do. So this domino effect of the decisions coming in this offseason, really, it's going to be another 25 years of of misery, or they're going to start to get it right and build their way out of it. This is going to come
1: out sideways, but I'll say this, (laughs) and I want to clarify after I say it. I don't want him to hire another head coaching GM tandem who are – Buddy buddy, so to speak. Right. Because a lot of times because too many times what happens when you get two guys who are or, or people who are buddy buddy, one person dominates the friendship and makes the decisions, and the other person may be kind of laid back. If you get two people who respect each other, they can go back and forth in the draft room during free agency with decisions. It's not just on one person to make the decision because, oh, that's my buddy. I trust him. I'll let him do this and I'll do this. No, I want two people in the room who we're not necessarily going to fight and argue all the time. But we're going to challenge each other legitimately with some of the roster moves that the Raiders make. Because sometimes you can save a person from making a bad decision just by pushing back on them. How many times have you you in your life, Scott, have you almost made a bad decision to someone say, hey, maybe you want to think about this? Because mm-hmm. I know I'm not perfect. I've almost made some bad decisions. And I've had friends that say, hey, maybe you want to do it this way or try it this way. Not necessarily. We're not necessarily close, close, buddy, buddy friends. But there's a mutual respect I have for that person, their knowledge, and they have respect for my knowledge, but they're just letting me know, hey, I did it this way, and this how it worked out for me, or I could see it going wrong. If you do it that way, try it another way, or choose a different option is what I'm
0: saying. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, and so, you, you, but you look at that, and again, there's so many pieces here. The Raiders are at a critical juncture because you have to start thinking about the future and- I look at Devontae Adams, you know, and and everybody respects him. And and listen, he's making $25 million this year. So from that perspective, good for him, right? I don't feel bad for him that even though he's going through a terrible time, going to work every day and not being happy is never fun, no matter how much money you make or what you do. At the same time, I I don't see, I know it'll be sacrilege, Mo. I don't see why at this point where you're at, unless Aiden O'Connell the rest of the season shows that he is a bona fide starting quarterback in the NFL, like a guy that you're like, okay, okay, we're gonna we're gonna go with this guy and hopefully we found our franchise quarterback in the fourth round. Now, that could be a long shot, I don't know. But if not, why would you keep Devontae Adams? Is that is that is that going to help you, your team? Yes, he's got he's a leader, he's a great player. But if you're four or five years away, just saying, from being a serious competitor, why do that to him? Why do it to Raider fans? I guess this is where we
1: differ a little bit. So people okay. are in for a treat here. We're actually not disagree, but I, I get what you're saying. If you're, if you're going to do a full rebuild where you think it's going to take four or five years, I'm sure Devontae Adams is not going to be happy with that. But I don't think the Raiders are necessarily four or five years away from contention. Even if they do tear it down a bit, how many times do we see teams in their first year or two of a rebuild, year and a half, they start to turn around and make the playoffs? I mean, yes. it, it, doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be a four- to five-year
0: rebuild, even if you tear it down. Right, but I will use an example to, to prove your point, but also to debunk your point. Ready? And <laughs> that is the Philadelphia Eagles. Remember when Nick Sirianni took over? But what did they already have in-house? A quarterback. At the, quarterback. That's the only. Now, if Aiden O'Connell pans out, then I would agree with you. I, I'm, that's, and that's what I'm saying. If Aiden O'Connell even – I'm not saying he's your 10-year franchise quarterback. If he is a very good quarterback – that can get you to a point where you're a winning football team, then I hundred percent agree with you, Devontae Adams, stay on the Raiders, keep them build what you got, but if not, I, then I think I, I just don't think you can progress that quickly i I'll say this, Scott. Can how you? many games do you think the Texans will win this year? They have three now right they are two I believe three and three and four right now they're three and four three so and four they're, right now. they're the same as the chargers, yeah, so and the Raiders are three and five so. I think they can maybe, maybe win six.
1: Now, did you have them winning six before the season started? Are they no. exceeding your expectations right now?
0: They are, because they so have a quarterback.
1: If, if you, now, okay, so the Raiders, we don't know what their draft pick is going to be. True. I would assume it's going to be top 12. We don't know what the rest of the season is going to, how the rest of the season is going to look for the Raiders, but let's say they get a top 12 pick. They get a quarterback who pops right away, kind of like C.J. is popping this year. Mm-hmm. You f- And you find your quarterback. It's clear maybe he's not winning 11, 12 games no, his rookie no, year.
0: That's, that but it's unreal.
1: clear that he could be the franchise guy. I think yeah. that expedites the rebuild. And again, it won't take. I don't think it's going to take four to five years for the Texans to be a competitive team in the playoff picture with C.J. Stroud the way he's playing right now. So my point is, it all goes back to drafting, right? The Raiders have drafted poorly for who knows how long. If they finally have a strong draft class, as they did in 2014 when they found Derek Carr, who became their starting quarterback, why can't they contend within two years and make Devontae Adams happy? I think it's possible. It's optimistic, but it's not out of the realm of possibility if they get a GM who knows what he's doing in the draft room.
0: With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I just don't Great. see two years. I don't see two years. Even if Aidan hey. O'Connell's a hit. So... So we could disagree on that. I know people are disagreeing with me in the chat, which is totally fine. And Rodney Jackson said, did, I, did, you, did you hear me say, Rodney, that we really don't have enough talent to be competitive? Um, I did say that. I think the roster's thin. I, I, and, and NFL executives all over the league say it too. Uh, and, and the Raiders, where they're at, is not a good place. Now, I know it got rid of the coach. They could turn things around and I could be wrong. I'm happy to be wrong. I'm not saying I'm sitting here... On a, on a throne saying they suck and they're going to suck and you can't. I'm not saying that. Mo and I disagree on them competing that quickly because I just don't think they've stacked enough talent to make that jump quickly. But things can change fast. So we'll see what they do. If they bring in the right people, who knows? One thing I'll say is this, right?
1: And I think I said this in the offseason. I think last year the Raiders should have won 9-10 games, but they blew five double-digit leads in the second half. I think that team was a legitimate borderline playoff team. I think this year's team is a legitimate 6-11 team, and team, that's why I predicted them to go 6-11. and Now, they're not stocked all across the roster, but the defense has shown improvements. You have Devontae Adams. I think Michael Mayer and Trey Tucker will come along now that Josh McDaniels is out of the picture. We'll see what happens with the offensive line because it's had its ups and downs. We don't know what's going to happen with Josh Jacobs yet, but to me, once you get the quarterback, once you get the quarterback, if you hit on the quarterback... At that point, the sky is the limit. I'm not saying it's going to happen overnight like that. But if you get a dynamic quarterback who can get you over the hump and get you to compete against some of these upper echelon teams... It makes it a lot easier to build the other parts of the roster because now your quarterback's on a rookie deal; you're not paying him much. Yep. Now you could spend big money on defensive tackle, who a help out Max Crosby. Now you could spend big money on a cornerback who can seal up your boundary. Now you could spend big money on a linebacker if you're thinking about moving on from moving on from Spillane or Divine Diablo. The point is, once you hit that quarterback, there's so many other things you can do to expedite the rebuilding process.
0: Yes. Um, And, and I think I had some people pushing back on the Eagles because when Nick Sirianni got, there, oh, they had this, they had that didn't matter. His first year they there went nine and eight. And then they had the big year went to the Super Bowl. So they made the jump. Yes, they, but they had talent on the roster. That's my point is that you can make a faster jump. You had the quarterback in waiting and you had the, you had the trenches. That's that, that's the other thing I want to tell you guys. And that's my big concern with the Raiders is and to your point you just said it you can go out and sign some of these guys and if you draft well you can accelerate but the raiders don't have the 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 the, the, the jimmies and the joes in the trenches right now they don't and that's where you win football games. that's why the eagles were able to make the jump too they had that and then they got the quarterback and they surrounded them and howie roseman is a super gm he just is he he, he knows what he's doing uh, and I, he pains me to admit that because I, I despise <laughs> philadelphia sports but um, <laughs> but he's good, man. He's good.
1: It, it goes back to one thing we can both, both agree on, Scott. That you got to draft su- well.
0: Cheesecake sucks? What?
1: <laughs> I agree with that, too. <laughs> but it goes back to drafting. If you don't draft well, it's going to be a slow rebuild. If you draft well, if you hit on a a, specific, a draft class where five or six guys, even three, four guys, are rotational players or starters or contributors, then you're working with something. And I think when, right. when it comes down to Devontae Adams – and making him happy, I think he wants to at least see pro- significant progress, not just minimal or moderate progress. I think he wants to see okay, who's going to be our quarterback? Do we have a front office that I can trust to see eye to eye with? And is the defense continuing yeah. to get better so that the offense doesn't have to score 40 points a game because our defense is giving up, you know, 35, 37 points a game? So I think there are multiple factors there, but I, I you know, I get what you're saying. The Eagles dominant in the trenches, both sides of the defensive line, offensive line. That's what Howie Roseman does. He's always getting an offensive lineman, a pass rusher, a defensive tackle. Just look at the depth that the Eagles have there. But, like I said, the Raiders aren't going to be strapped for cash. Remember, they're not, as I said early in the show, they're not, not on the hook for Jimmy Garoppolo if they let him go before the third day of the league year. They're not going to be strapped for cash and money. They can do a little bit of spending. But as we can both agree on, has to be a good draft class in 2024.
0: Has to be. I mean, you, you have to make up. You have to make up um, a, a lot of ground there, and and so I mean, look, I, I'm not saying it can't happen. I think you have oh, yeah. Max Crosby, who's a force of nature. So if I'm a defensive player, I want to play next to Max Crosby, right? So that's appealing to me. If I'm a free agent, if I can play on the other side of him, if Tyree Wilson doesn't become what they want him to be, or if he moves inside, whatever they do with him. So so to me, that's a, that's that's important. On offense, you got to get them. Ex- you got to get other other players excited with what you do at quarterback, right? Cause that's what happened with Garoppolo. You have to do it. And, and Costas in the thing, the Raiders do not have the best wide receiver room in the NFL. I'm sorry. It's not true. Uh, <laughs> there's a little room in Cincinnati that would argue with you with that. But anyway, um, if you look at that situation though, here's the other question I'll ask you. Um, I I think how the Raiders go about this is really important back to the idea of having somebody in between Mark Davis and the hires is because how you're able to attract players. Raiders have everything you want. If you're if you're a player, they have the facilities now, right? Beautiful second to none. When it comes to workout facilities in Henderson to the stadium, being in Vegas, all that stuff is in your favor. But the one big thing that is not in, in your favor, even for coaches, coaching candidates, if a coaching candidate has an option to go to three different places um, would you not be worried about? <clears throat> excuse me, about the turnover and and what's happened with the franchise for the last fifteen years?
1: I would have concern, but I'll say this too: if I was doing as poorly as Josh McDaniels was doing, I would expect to be fired. <laughs> yeah. I mean, let's, let's just be honest. If I if I'm that's
0: a poor pretty easy. At my this job, one's an easy one. You're right. This <laughs> one's an easy one.
1: <laughs> if I'm poor at my job, I'm waking up every morning thinking they're going to fire me. I mean, right? Yeah. That that's that's we should expect that but if you're a head coach or GM and you're confident in your playing, you're not going into it thinking oh they're going to fire me after two years because you're thinking we're going to win football games so they're not going to fire me right. and I think jo- I think Mark Davis even though he's had this early firing with Josh McDaniels he's shown patience and yes. I think Vic Tafer kind of painted the picture that Despite Jimmy Garoppolo coming in with a bum foot and having to you know, re- re-rig his, his contract, Mark Davis went along with it. He actually brought up the Roger Saffold situation where Roger Saffold had an injury. And Mark Davis actually called off the press conference and sent everybody home. This time he went along with it, even though he probably had concerns and doubts in his head. He trusted mm-hmm. Dave Ziegler and, and Josh McDaniels that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be okay. He knows the system we will get our offense over the hump and we'll look a lot better. So I think Mark Davis, even though he's willing to fire people who underperform, which is, should be expected, he has shown some restraint and some patience. So if I'm a GM or head coach, I'm thinking if I do well, there's no reason Mark Davis is going to fire me. If, if the locker room is following me and I'm a leader of the locker room, no reason Mark Davis is going to fire me because we're going to win football
0: games. And you still have the brand too. The brand, even though the Raiders have not been a winning franchise for a long time with the exception of a few years, <clears throat> the brand is so strong. I mean, there's just, you can't, you can't escape it. It means so much to so many and it's still strong. I mean, you can talk to people who've never seen an American football game. And if they see the Raiders logo, they know what the Raiders are. They know who they are. So to be associated with that. And if I'm a young coach looking for an opportunity, where else can I, I mean, I can look at this and say, I can become that next great Raiders coach. I can be the guy who brought it back. And that's a big, that's a big deal. Right. There's an allure to that,
1: that mm-hmm. after the Raiders have only had a few playoff appearances in the past two plus decades, you can be the guy. You could be the person to come in and bring them back to that prominence level, the commitment to excellence that fans have been longing for. Imagine what your name, how much your name is going to blow up if you're able to do that. Now, that's, th- that's kind of a self-serving way to think about it. But let's be honest. We all have egos, right? Guys in big positions, executives, they have egos. They want some credit for stuff, right? To, to just have your name associated with the Raiders and being a perennial playoff contender again, you're set for a while. You're mm-hmm. you're in that Raider inner circle like, oh, he, he brought the Raiders franchise back to what it should be. And I think yeah. there's a lot. There's an allure to that.
0: There sure is. By the way, OC Raiders 13. You ready for this one? Oh, I feel um, like LV Gully is the bad cop and Mo is the good cop.
1: Man, if you – you know my history. I'm like, I, you
0: haven't been watching Mo on X.com all week. <laughs> <laughs> I, and because you know what? I, That's what's – great. that's what I like about our show, you know, and people in here calling me a Charger fan and all that stuff. It's hysterical. But you, 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 you're you, in here, and, and it's funny because you come one show, I'm the bad cop, and then you come the next show. Whoa, why are you so negative? <laughs> We're balanced. That's what it's all about, folks. No – no unicorns and rainbows up your ass here folks we don't do it here we just don't yeah, do we don't
1: it. we don't do that here and I, I just quick comment about that like there are people who didn't like my commentary Josh Daniels. was basically I, know. I was basically calling for him to be fired for the past two and a half weeks. The last week and people are saying, "Mo, I, you know you're, you know you're too negative on Josh McDaniels." I understand he's not doing a good job, but we're trying to hope it turns around. I'm like, no, it's not going to turn around. <laughs> we've seen we, we've seen enough. Wave the white flag. It's it, cash money done. It's not turning around with Josh McDaniels there. But I, I say I bring that up because what you see here is our is our natural reaction to stuff. We don't get on these shows, and I know a lot of other shows do this on TV, not the small yeah. outlets, but some of the major outlets, hey, I'm going to take this position and you're going to take that position. And we're going to force this de- debate conversation. We don't we do not do that. Scott gives me the rundown of what he wants to talk about. I'll add in my suggestions here and there. We'll figure it out. And if we get on the show, we give our natural reactions. It's not preplanned. It's not a, I understand what the person was saying, uh, good cop, bad cop. But I, I think a lot of it is, is believe it or not, Scott and I agree on a lot. But of course, like any two friends, any that's two people, everything. we don't agree on everything, and that comes out naturally on
0: air. It comes out on air. Comes out with ketchup on hot dogs. I mean, all that kind of stuff. There you so, go. Yeah. But it, and that's the thing. It's it's interesting when you when you talk about a subject because what I find is it's a very <laughs> modern and recent development. Now, people always like to think that their opinion is the best one. That's that throughout humanity, it's been that way. Yeah. But most recently with the advent of social media is that if, if you don't agree with me, not only does it bug me because I think I'm right, but you're also an awful person and you should die or whatever their, their bent is right. You you see it all the time. Yeah. You see those kind of things. But, but again, we're always going to have discussions here and and I'm wrong all the time. And I admit when I'm wrong, I got no problem with it at the same time. I'm going to give you my opinion and you can like it or not like it. I don't, I don't care either way, but we try to entertain you as well. We don't try to sit here and, and just tell you where you're going to hear other places. And I think, Mo, I will take a victory lap and go back to last season when the issues by which Josh McDaniels was fired. We have been consistently talking about these issues. We didn't gloss over them when they were winning and say, oh, 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 oh. no, we talked about it even in wins. We not not that we're being negative, but we present a balanced approach here. It's like, hey, yeah, they're doing well here, but still, they're struggling here. We've always been that way. The other thing I want to point out is, we've always been consistent with the
1: condition of which Joshua Dales could be fired. What have we said that it, it's not just a bad record? If he loses the locker room, he's going to lose his job. And From if you beginning. read if you if you read Albert Bri's report. Mark Davis caught wind of that team meeting that happened last week before the, before the previous game after the Bears lost. Yeah. Mark Davis caught wind of the grievances that were aired during that meeting, and he listened to what the players had to say. He basically chose the players over his head coach and general manager. So we've been consistent with that, that if he loses the, the, the main guys in that locker room, the leaders in that locker room, it seems like he did, then he's going to be fired. And that's exactly what happened.
0: Right. And remember, Mark Davis, growing up as the son of Al Davis, hung around. His best friend was Cliff Branch, a player, right, from the time he was a young yep. man. So Mark, And that's why he, he is so involved with the alumni and why he does so much for former players. That's important to him. And I think, too, that that sometimes can cloud judgment, right, because you can't. But his role in doing that is vital to this organization and keeping its history alive and keeping its players in, in, in kind of the family. So focus on that and then go find somebody to get the football. That's all I'm going to say about it. I think we'll talk about it more over time, but we are out of time. We went a little bit long tonight, but it deserved. It's a big night and Mo and I got to get back to writing. So we are going to check out Mo. uh, I know you did a bleacher report live earlier today. Somebody was asking about your, your bleacher report podcast. I said, well, it's the live show on the app. Um, So check it out. But uh, what else you got going this week? I know you have a, a sports not piece tomorrow, right on the Raiders. I'm gonna have a sports knot piece running
1: on on sports knot tomorrow, just looking at what can the Raiders do going forward. So, what does the second half of the Raiders 2023 season look like? Because I know a lot of people have questions about Aiden O'Connell. Does Antonio Pierce get a legitimate shot to be the full-time head coach? Who you know, who are some gym candidates the Raiders may look at? So I'm gonna take a look at all of those aspects and take a look at people who have an opportunity to solidify their future with the silver and black going forward, not just Oh, well, beyond this season. So that'll be up on sports, not on Thursday. I'm not going to have another bleach report live until after the Giants game. So at, right after the Giants game, a minute after I'm going live to break it down. Of course, as we know, as you said earlier, Aiden O'Connell gets another start. And I, I'm sure there'll be a lot of discussion about that, how good or how bad he looks. Also, I'm also going to be looking at other parts of the offense. Will we see further regression from the offensive line or will we see it perk back up again? Is Devontae Adams going to get the targets and the numbers that he should be getting? Is Hunter Renfro now going to work his way back into the rotation after the Raiders stood pat and didn't move him at the trade deadline? So there are a lot of things to look at with the offense and changes with Bo Hardigree taking over the offensive coordinator position. I'll be able to break that down on Bleacher Report Live as soon as the game is over.
0: There you go. See, just all that goodness for everyone out there watching us tonight. We will also have our post-game show uh, with, with Murph and myself. Murph will be in Las Vegas at Allegiant Stadium, so we'll be able to get a live report from there. Those are always fun because there's lots of drunk people running in the background. It, it's always a good time. Uh, we will also have uh, a mailbag edition later in the week. We've got a bunch of voicemails today. 702-900-7689, 702-900-7689 nine no seven eight six nine oh, i'm giving the number out. seven, eight, six, nine. Seven, eight, six, nine 90-7869 area code seven zero two we will put it in the description of the video so if you forget it you can come back to the video in a little bit and it'll be there but leave your voicemail we got a bunch of new voicemails and uh we're excited to hear those and to go through those all right my friend i will see you next time sounds good get some sleep man <laughs> i need it all right for our producer, uh, Mike Robier and for Mo Moten, I am Scott and This has been Silver and Black Today. Member, do us a favor. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your audio. And if you're on YouTube, thank you for the chat. Great stuff. Make sure you subscribe and hit the notifications bell there. Until next time, Raider Nation, enjoy your week and we'll see you Sunday night.